Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? We. Did you hear the word we? It's not just me. Okay. Who was here in November 2021? Who was here? 21st of November, to be precise. Ah, I joke. I joke. So I'm just going to give it to you straight today. I mean, I always do. That's the only way I know. I'm under instruction to do so, in fact, quite literally. Um, so the Lord, when David was preaching a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, the Lord said, it's time to give part two of Chosen for Destiny. Yeah, part two. He said, because there were bits missing, some details I could not say yet. Okay, but now is the time. Now this message is called Destiny Caught Up. Okay, and I and the Holy Spirit when He said Destiny Caught Up, I thought, what? What on earth? He said because some of us, some of you, need to catch up. He waited one year before bringing part two. So he's watched us for one year concerning destiny before he wanted to speak again. Now that sends shivers down my spine. Um, But God is good and because of that, I know that there is no lagging behind with him. It's all part of his plan, his redeeming plan for our lives. Okay, so um, how am I going to do this? I'm, I'm going to give a little recap of Chosen for Destiny. Yeah, part one. I'm just going to give the, the salient points because I think it's important to be thinking about that. Um, and indeed, if God is talking about part two, then that means we need to learn part one. And because it is really important to the Lord. You'll find out in a minute. He said, literally, your destiny is simply what you are designed to achieve. Okay? That's it. And he said that destiny is not something you choose. Remember that? It's not something you choose. It's something I decide when I knitted you together. All right? I decide. I'm going to read one scripture and then I'm just going to go through us quickly. And that is Psalm 139, 13 to actually 15 to 17. I'm going to read this one just to set the context, remind us all. My frame was not hidden from you. Who's this? No, 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 no. Psalms. Correct. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was being formed in secret and hmm, intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth, a region of darkness and mystery, your eyes saw my unformed substance and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape when as yet there was none of them how precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me oh god how vast is the sum of them so without any kind of misunderstanding your life is in his book before you were knitted together. The intricacy of who you are to him, going to be, is already understood in heaven. It's understood. Done. 
cannot negotiate this part of God's plan. We'll get on to that. What else did he say? The very next thing he said was, the destiny you have been given cannot be corrupted by anyone else apart from you. Right? So, first of all, you're responsible. Secondly, it can be corrupted. Okay? When you look at King Saul, King Saul corrupted his destiny. I'm not going to go into it because it would take too long, but go and read it. He did. Okay? He went and did the thing that he was not supposed to do with respect to his destiny, and he corrupted it. He was still king, but it was corrupted. Next, the angels. There are angels that surround your destiny in order that you have assistance in accomplishing it. But few of you, few of us, me and you, call them into action. So they just sit there or stand there. Okay, they're inactive. Okay, Hebrews 1.14, they're there for us. So we have help, but we don't realize this, so we're not activating it. So this is one year on, remember? One year on. Next, your destiny is there for you to become what I made you to be in front of what you want. Destiny is not optional. It is my design. That's why your uniqueness is down to me alone. God doesn't make copies. All right. Romans 8, 27, 28. On judgment day, you will have to explain what you did in line with your destiny, what you did or didn't do in order for it to be achieved. Yep, you will give a record. 2 Corinthians 5, 10. That's good and bad. Good for us, I will say. And then the final one, um, there are certain destinies that I have been withholding that will bring much glory to my name. Pray that I will choose your unborn children and even your children's children for these destinies. Okay, Ephesians 1, 11 to 12. All right, now that, just listening to those words alone sends absolute shivers down my spine, okay? In a, in a wonderful way. There was one other thing that the Lord said, and I, I didn't put it in, but I, I just feel from the Spirit of God, I feel reminded that I must put it in, okay? Um, and what the Spirit of the Lord said was, your destiny is actually in two parts. I don't know if you remember, Yeah. The first part is in the waiting. And the second part is in the arriving and establishing. See that you receive both parts of my plan. This waiting part, many of us wait for stuff. And we say, Lord, why are we still waiting? It hasn't come yet. We're still waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And when we don't wait long enough, sometimes we can get an Ishmael because we rush ahead and we do a thing that we're not supposed to do because we should have been still waiting. It's in two parts. God has designed it to be that way. This is what he said. Um, so that was last year. So what of this year? So what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, and I, and I really, I know he's saying it to me big time. You can agree with it or not, but I know he's saying it to me. That's for sure. Destiny caught up. First thing that he said is this. Your destiny is not an option. Again, said it last year. He's saying it again. It is not an option. And you have no choice to make here. Now, it does not mean that you can't do what you want to do in your life. But it means that there is no choice about which destiny you choose. You either do it or you don't. And he's saying that ain't a choice. You are programmed to work in it, he said. Now, I love it when the Holy Spirit uses an analogy that we understand, like computers, programming or something else, 
right? He said, you're programmed. You're programmed to work in it. If you try to delete the program, you will not work properly and you will break your life. You will break your life. Now, I cringed when I heard that. You will break your life. It doesn't mean you will die. I mean, we all will die eventually, although I believe I will not see the grave. I think he will come before. Anyway, that's another discussion. It doesn't mean you will die, but you will break your life. Your life will not work appropriately, operate. It will malfunction. Because he said to me, and he said it clear, he said, because my will is interwoven for you with your destiny. God can't back out of this. He can't back out of it. Your life won't work properly, he said, since my will for you is attached to it. Now, the encouraging thing here is that the Holy Spirit, and I'll give some scriptures in, in, in a bit, the Holy Spirit will try everything he can in love. Some might say tough love. Des would say tough love. <laughs> he will try to stop this from happening. The saints of God, of whom there are some here today, right? So he will do whatever it takes, even to the point where we have readily gone the wrong way by choice or error or both. Try to delete some aspect of what God wants us to do in our mind. In his mercy, he will go and press control, alt, delete. And do a system reboot. We'll get into that later. God does system reboots. He doesn't. All right, so let's, let's, let's have a few examples. It's time. Okay. I had this discussion with Kellen. Dear Kellen, she's not, she's not in here, is she? I said, oh, I need an example. She said, how about that man with the long hair that got cut? <laughs> I said, what man? He said, that guy. I said, no, nah, what, what, Samson? She said, yeah, that's him. <laughs> she knew. Amazing. <laughs> Judges 13 to 14. So what of Samson? Samson and his aborted destiny. So let's talk a little bit about it. I'm not going through all scriptures because it's too much. So the angels announced this man's birth, giving his parents detailed instructions of how to raise him. Samson was to be a Nazarite. Never cuts his hair. It's not allowed. It's not permitted. Meaning he was given completely to God's service for the, his entire lifetime, never to cut his hair. He was never to drink wine or cut his hair and he was never to touch anything dead. He couldn't even go to the funeral of a near relative, if you remember the story. But because his heart was black with sin, He kept an outward holiness, but he chased other, he chased after harlots. He knew, I mean, I'll get into it. He knew what his destiny was. He knew what he should not do. When he went down to see Delilah, he knowingly flirted with danger. Although the spirit of God moved upon him, this man never allowed the spirit to touch his inner man. Samson had no truth dwelling within him. He is yet another tragic picture of a man who missed his destiny. After 20 years of walking in God's calling, Samson began to degenerate. He became a sensuous man. And, his and he lost the respect of his own people. Okay, I'm going to leave it there with respect to Samson. So he chose. You see, it's all very well not knowing. But when you know the parameters of your destiny, 
then you are responsible for keeping to them. He knew. But he decided to, as it were, in the context of what we're saying, delete part of the program. And um, he broke his life. Now, what does God really think about destiny? Now, I'm not here to scare you, but I'm here to awaken your senses to the characteristics of the Lord who doesn't change underneath or behind Jesus, I will say. But he doesn't. Let's look at Exodus 4, 10 to 15. And I know a certain sister Abby will be loving this, her favorite. And Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent or a man of words, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and have a heavy and awkward tongue. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with you. Mouth, your mouth and I will teach you what you shall say. And he said, oh, my Lord, I pray you send by the hand of some other whom you will send. Then the anger of the Lord blazed against Moses. He said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. Also, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. You must speak to him and put the words in his mouth and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. God was unwilling to say, Moses, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's choose another dude. He could not do it because Moses was knit together for that destiny. God blazed with anger. Now, God hasn't changed last time I checked, right? So what does that mean about destiny? It shows us the importance of destiny to God. He really does not like it when we try to get out of it. But thank God for Jesus. God is not blazing with anger because he said, go singing so-and-so and you didn't want to do it. And he's not blazing with anger at you and he's not going to punish you. But his sense, his feeling towards this thing on destiny is the same. And why wouldn't it be? This is the master craftsman who has designed the whole of creation, specifically line by line by line, and looks back at it and says, is it not perfect? Did I not do well? Then you rock up and say, Lord, you know that destiny you've given me? I think that. Moses had not even disobeyed the Lord yet. He merely was praying, praying to the Lord. Oh, Lord, please let me not do that. Can you not? And still God got angry. So see it, right? See it for what it is. Moses did not realize the huge importance and impact of the fulfilling of his destiny. Saints, we have to realize the importance of our destiny to the kingdom. Now, the Lord told me, go to the back. I was walking over there. The, the guys at the back we thought, what's he doing? The Lord said, go, go to the back and have a look. From the back, look at, look at them. Properly, Deji, look at them. Look at the pattern of my creation here, right? Every one of them has a plan for their life and is interwoven in this place with each other. Right? He was, like he was saying, look how spectacular I am, the Lord was saying to me. Like, look at it, look at it properly. Okay. And I, I wanted to start praying, but he didn't say that. He just said, look. So I looked. 
we must not play with the things of God. We must not play. Who was it that said, if you want to see unrealized potential, then go visit a graveyard? I don't know who the, the guy was. That's the guy. Bless him. Go visit a graveyard. How many destinies were thwarted? How many potentials were not realized? <sighs> Let's move on. Next thing the Holy Spirit said to me was this. There is a season for every work of God in your life and your destiny works in seasons. So first he says in two parts. He said your destiny is in two parts. But he says the way that it works is through seasons. Seasons. And then he said to me, what season are you in today for your destiny? And he said, I should ask you, what season are you in? You don't have to answer. But I'm to ask you. I'm to ask your spirit, what season are you in for your destiny today? Whilst you're thinking, let me read the scripture. Ecclesiastes, we all know it. Three, one to three. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. And it goes on and on and on in that scripture. There's seasons. God works by seasons. Most definitely does he work by seasons. And with destiny, he works by seasons. The Holy Spirit went on and said this. If you work according to the right season, you will progress. But if you don't, there will be delay. There will be delay, he said. Not in this church, Lord. Not in these people, Lord. Amen. Then the Holy Spirit got specific. He said, there are three seasons for destiny. Okay. He said, the season of revealing. Number one. Number two, the season of shaping. And number three, the season of becoming. Revealing, shaping, becoming. Again, saints, what season are you in? In other words, whatever the season is for your, for you, the Spirit of God wants to do something and needs to do something. Don't fight it. Let him do it. Don't delay his plans. All right. So let's talk about these seasons. So season one, season of revealing. In this season... The Holy Spirit is revealing to you what you are called to achieve, which includes who you are called to be. So destiny is part of who you are. So when that has happened, people see you. Destiny, right? Okay. So let's, quite a lot of this is going to be in Acts 9. We've got to talk about this man, Saul, Paul, Saul, Paul, Saul whichever you want to call it. Both names apply because he had them both. So Acts 9, 3 to 6 says this. Now, as he traveled on, he came near to Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground. Then he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me, harassing, troubling and molesting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is dangerous and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad, to offer vain and perilous resistance. Trembling and astonished, he asked, Lord, what do you desire me to do? The Lord said to him, but arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Very, very interesting, particularly verse five. Verse five tells us 
it is clear when he calls Jesus Lord that he knows that this is the Lord. But he says, who are you? Because I do not know you yet. That's what he's saying. He knows that this is the Lord, but he doesn't know who he is. He don't. The other thing that's interesting is that this is not the first time that Saul has encountered the Lord approaching him to stop him. What he is doing is the Lord is coming back over and over again. The reason we know this is because he said, Jesus said, it will work out badly if you keep resisting me. So if he keeps resisting him, it must mean that that's not the first time, right? So it got to the point that Saul was resisting to such an extent that something major happened. Jesus tells him that his life will not work out, will work out badly and result in delay or undue frustration or discontentment, whatever you want to call it, it won't work out well. It will not work properly. It will be broken if he does not follow his God-given destiny to serve Jesus. For this is what he has been programmed to do according to the will of God. Saints, the season of revealing is not one day. It's not one day. How many of us have gone through or indeed are still going through such a season where the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us what our destiny is over time to be through dreams, visions, prophetic words, words of knowledge or direct encounters some people slayed six or seven times in 10 years not realizing Holy Spirit's trying to tell you something <laughs> but we have been pushing back this thing about pushing back on the goads this goads thing is like an iron point that you use to prod an oxen big beast to go the way you want him to go yeah and if that ox does not submit and go the right way he's going to get a gash in the side. Jesus said, it's going to work out badly for you. If you keep kicking against the goats. This is Jesus. We have to accept it, what God is wanting to do. God needs us to come into agreement with his spirit concerning our destiny. Now, I remember I was 16 years old. I was sitting in Trinity Methodist Church in Chelmsford. I hated going to church. I was nowhere near a Christian. Sorry, Lord, but this is the truth. But my father said, you'll come to church with me. Come what may. Sat me down next to him and said, right, listen. I remember that day. There was a pastor. He's dead now. He's with the Lord. Hopefully. He's with, no, no, no. He's with the Lord. His name was Reverend Joyner. Right? Methodist preacher. That guy got up and preached the word. And I'll tell you what, everything he said was about me. I was 16. Everything he said, I mean, he may as well have just pulled my trousers down. It was that bad. He ministered my life. And I was only 16. Yeah, he exposed me completely. I was looking like this, everything. Right? Encounter number one. I will call you out of a crowd, my son. I will put my finger on your life and I will speak to you. Now you know that I am the way I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First encounter with the Lord. Boy, it was like my eyes were like saucers. What on earth? This is real. I am real says the Lord, I'm real. I know you. I know you. From your mother's womb, I knew you, son. Don't escape me. You may think you're sleeping in that chair, but I'm seeing you. 
It was, it was, it was shocking. I remember it vividly. It tends shivers down my spine even today. 16 I was. All right. Verse 8, Acts 9, we continue. Then Saul got up from the ground, but thought his eyes, but though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was unable to see for three days. He neither ate nor drank anything. So what happened here? And they become Paul. He was always Paul because he had the two names, but he chose to be called Paul at a certain point, which we'll get into. But yeah, so that he could become his destiny. He pressed control, alt, delete. He said, I've had enough of this with you and I'm going to reset the operating system back to what it should be. How many of us have experienced something like that? I mean, not road to Damascus. But control or delete. God is good. Verse 10. Now there was in Damascus a disciple named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, here I am, Lord. How many of you know that when the Lord calls you, you say, here I am, Lord. That is the biblical response. Here I am, Lord. <laughs> You're covered if you respond in that way. Okay. And the Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight and ask at the house of Judas, not that one, for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying there. Can you imagine? Can't see. He's praying. Desperate at this point. He's desperate. He's thinking, whoa. One minute I was okay. Next minute I'm blind. Hmm. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias enter and lay ha his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many people tell about this man, especially how much evil and what great suffering he has brought on your saints at Jerusalem. Now he is here and has authority from the high priest to put in chains all who call upon your name. You're sending me to this guy? Listen, you know what? Sometimes when God is dealing with someone, putting their life back on course, often you don't want to be anywhere near this person because they appear to be so far from the Lord, so obnoxious to be around, okay? But because of what God needs done, we are to put that to one side. These people can be a nightmare. They can be completely off key. And I all know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But we must go to them when God asks us to do so, so that we can be the vessel through which some level of healing can happen okay you may know someone like this and God may need you to call them and even to see them even today I'll leave it there season number two season of shaping in this season this is the season where the Holy Spirit has to get you into shape to be able to walk in your destiny. We need to experience certain things, okay, before we are ready to walk in our destiny. We need to spiritually mature enough. We need to mature in our gifting. Some of us need to find out what our gifting is before we even mature into that. Anyway, even emotional maturity. He needs to teach us some things because if we don't know them, we ain't going to maintain that level of destiny. There are often trials to go through 
And he often frequently tests us to see if we are ready. He even allows the enemy to trouble us sometimes significantly through the fiery trial. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord, this brother's different. This brother's different. Some of us have been going through or have, how can I put it, are still going through such trials, not knowing that these are shaping trials unto your destiny. Shape up, brothers and sisters. Look what it says. Acts 9, 15. But the Lord said to him, go to this man. Go to him. For this man is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the descendants of Israel. For I will make clear to him how much he will be afflicted and must endure and suffer for my name's sake. There's shaping is not, it's, God bless you if you're in this period, in this season. God bless you. Really God bless you because it's only that you're in God's hands that you're okay. Yeah, I, mean, I know you know what I'm saying. All right, the shaping, Lord. Oh boy. Okay, let's look at David. What David went through before he could become the greatest king of Israel. I mean, the man suffered. A little ruddy ginger-haired boy who tended the sheep became the greatest king of Israel. Look at Joseph on his journey to become the prime minister of Egypt, right? This guy, a Hebrew with a criminal record. Next minute, prime minister. They had to walk. Now listen carefully. They had to walk to their destiny through many trials before they could walk in their destiny. Okay? I don't know what some of you are having to go through or what some of you will go through. All I know is what I have been through in my walk thus far. And I know that there is no free bus rides to destiny's destination. You ain't getting there on the bus. You're going to have to walk there. Seriously, you're going to have to walk there. Okay? Keep walking, brother, and keep walking, sister. Because before you can walk in your destiny, you have to learn to walk to your destiny. But you will get there if you just keep walking along with the Lord. Okay? Now hear this afresh in your spirit. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over all the days of my life and I will dwell. Listen, the Lord walks with us. Oh, thank Jesus. He walks with us. Not apart from us, but he walks with us in the trial, in the situation, in the shaping. I do not care what season it is. The Lord walks with us through it all. Praise Jesus. Number three, season of becoming. 
Now, there is a season when God separates you from those around you and begins to elevate you into your destiny. Yes, sister. Begins to elevate you. He separates you and says, this is my child. And look at her. Look at him. This is mine. The season of becoming. Where you start to really show what God has put inside you. Those intricate colors. And everyone really begins to see you shine. Shine. It's not the same for everyone, but there is always a transition point. There's always a transition point. The season of becoming. The season of becoming. Someone is becoming today. I'm telling you, someone is becoming today. We're not going home the same. Someone is definitely becoming today. Acts 13, 1 to 3. We jump a little bit on Paul's life, but this is it. Now, in the church assembly at Antioch, there were prophets inspired interpreters of the will and purposes of God and teachers. Big people were there. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius and Cyrene, Manane, <laughs> a member of the court of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate now for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them and sent them away. Separate them for my work separate Tina, my daughter, for this position. Separate her. Head and shoulders above these ones here. Separate Emmanuel. Separate Des. Separate Sister Abby. Separate Nate. Separate Jonathan. Separate Gloria. Separate Victor. Separate you all. He will separate you and elevate you. Take you from... One level to above the rest. So you can become who you are to be. This is not manufacturing something. This is the way of God. After this point, Barnabas and Saul were on the first ministry journey. And the anointing that was on them after that was different to how it was before. Okay, well, let's have a little bit here. They traveled to Antioch, to Seleucia, then to Cyprus. That's Acts 13.4. Uh, while on Cyprus, they go to Salmis and Paphos. That's Acts 13, 13 to 12. From Paphos, they go to Pergo of Pamphylia, uh, where John Mark did pour departs from home um, and then ministry in Antioch and Poseidia on and on and on. I mean, they went, they went all over the place. That's where they went. The point is for the work of God. When, when you are becoming, you're becoming something, not for yourself, but for the plan of God on your life. Okay. And if you think that is just for one or two, you're kidding. You're in the book, the book, the book, the book that intricately defines who you are to be, the master craftsman will have his craft. Okay. All right. Next thing the Lord said was this. You must operate according to your calling and not someone else's. All right. Now... It's easy to look at another man or another woman and think, whoa, Lord, maybe I should be doing a bit of that. The Holy Spirit is saying, that's not the thing, you know. Remember, he said, the plan ain't going to change for you. 
make sure during the revealing season you are knowledgeable about what your calling really is don't just listen to the prophet and then discard the prophecy yeah write it down meditate on it get it confirmed study the word look at what it means write down your dreams what is the holy spirit saying to you during that point when he's shaping don't struggle don't push back don't kick back. Don't complain. I mean, you can complain a little bit, but only to the Lord. <laughs> Don't give up. Don't give up. Allow the shaping. He's going to do it anyway, but it's better to be willing. <laughs> so the becoming comes quickly. All right, next thing. The Holy Spirit said this. When you are operating in your destiny, there is an escalation of who you are. Strange word. Escalation. It seemed out of, out of context. Escalation means increase in intensity, intensification of who you are. So I said, Lord, explain. So Holy Spirit said this. I uncover what I have placed in you for my kingdom, those things that have not really been seen until now. These details are already written into the pages of my book, but will only mature at a time of destiny. They are important because they are the sheen on the shine. Whoa. You don't know what I have put inside you fully until you explore and walk in destiny. It's part of your identity in Christ. Come on, I want you to shine for me. I want the world to see that I am your God and you are my child. That's what he said. Matthew 5, 15 to 16. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and your praiseworthy, noble and good deeds and recognize and honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. Whatever your light is, if it's music, let it shine. If it's finance, let it shine. If it's healthcare, let it shine. If it's cookery, boy, let it shine. If it's psychology, let it shine. If it's beautician, health, whatever, let it shine. 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 Uh, dear sister, I don't know where it was ago. She stepped into the church, right? Something like that. Something like 10 years ago. And the woman, the girl, whichever. I remember her saying something like, when she came to CCF, that she didn't really sing. She wasn't really a singer. Do you remember? <laughs> Have you heard the latest album? Several albums later, I mean, the woman sings like an angel. Are you telling me that someone that says, I don't really sing, she just learnt? Rubbish. Inside. Becoming. Becoming. I mean, her latest album, this is not a plug, by the way, but it's like angels are singing. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful, right? I mean, it's the only real thing that we listen to in the car. Not that she's special. We have a special Jesus, but it just makes the point. You, when you become, it's like an escalation of who you are, your talent, your guitar playing, yeah, two of you, <laughs> your, your, your financial management, <laughs> whatever, I'm, I joke, I don't know, whatever it is for you, let it shine. If you're an entrepreneur, let it shine, right? 
don't think that it's insignificant. It cannot be because we don't have an insignificant God. This is the master craftsman. If you are a teacher, teach it, sister. Right? Because God, he don't do half things. He doesn't know. See? Right. Whatever he's put in your hand, whatever it is, we must shine. The next thing the Spirit of the Lord said was this. I want my children to separate. No. I want my children to operate in the fullness of destiny and not settle for part of it. There are many here today, and he means in here today, that are currently at this point and must now pray and push to attain the fullness. And he asked me, he said, ask them to put up their hand if they feel that's them. Ooh. We're going to pray. Right? If you have not attained the fullness, you're only partway through. You're the shaping. Okay, all right, all right, all right, okay. Still thinking about where you are in this, yeah? Okay, that's good. The Spirit of God today is saying, many of you have unfinished business in his kingdom. Seriously, you have unfinished business, Deji. Saying, you've got unfinished business in my kingdom. Right? Clock is ticking, brother. Unfinished business. We need to become in the fullness what God has called us to achieve in our destiny for the kingdom. I'm not talking about going singing with Elton John, this, the world. Nah. None of that's bad. If it's bringing glory to God, let Jesus decide. But it must be for the kingdom. It must bring glory to the Lord. Don't think you can do anything with that wonderful voice. You can't. It has parameters of usage. Okay? Outside of that, it's called deleting the program. And we all know what happens when you do that. Okay? Okay. Philippians 3, 12. I'll just read a bit of that. Um, now that I have... Sorry. Not that I have now attained... This ideal, this is Paul again, or have already been made perfect, but I press on and lay to lay hold, grasp and make my own that which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet, but one thing I do is is my one aspiration forgetting which lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead i press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which god in christ jesus is calling us upward so let those of us who are spiritually mature and full-grown have this mind and hold these convictions. And if any respect you have a different shape, the lives of the people around you, you are not an island. Yeah? You're not an island. Let's have some examples. Think about David and the mighty men. Okay? Think about about this right second samuel 23 8 to 12 these are the names of the mighty men whom david had Josheb, i can't even pronounce this bashebath and takaramanite Knight. that's the one chief of the three heroes known also as adino and esnite he wielded his spear and went against 800 men 
whom were slain at one time. That dude weren't doing that before David, you know. He became that. Following this man caused this guy to shape and become 800 one day. I don't even, 800 men, not children, right? 800. Next to him, among the three mighty men was, was this Eleazar, son of Dodo, son of Anai. <laughs> he was with David when they defied the Philistines assembled there for battle and the men of Israel had departed. Eliezer arose and struck down the Philistines until his hand was wearied and clung to his sword. So it was like they couldn't separate because it had he's holding it so tight. The Lord wrought a great deliverance and victory that day. The men returned after him only to take the spoil. Next to Eleazar was Shammah, son of Agi, the Herod. <laughs> the Philistines were gathered at Lehi on a piece of ground full of lentils and the Israelites fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. These dudes were serious, right? And they, because they followed David, they looked at that guy and said, right, I'm going to become my destiny. I'm going to defeat 800 men in one day. I just don't even, anyway. Next, Elijah and Elisha. The impact of Elijah walking in the fullness of his destiny on Elisha was just... Second Kings 2, 6-9. Elijah said to him, Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And the two of them went on. I mean, this guy was saying, no, no, I must. Every minute that you're in existence before, I must watch you. I must watch you. Don't, you're not going to leave my side. That's Elisha. 50 men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood to watch afar off. And the two of them stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the waters. And they divided this way and that. So that the two of them went over on dry ground. This guy had an anointing. And when they had gone over, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So this... Think about the impact of your life. Okay, think about it. Who is God using you to shape? Because you are walking in your destiny. Who is it? Think of the names. Think of the faces. Who are they? that you are speaking to, that you are ministering to, that even you haven't spoken to, but you know they are looking and watching you. If you do not become the fullness, think about the bigger picture around you. Don't settle at one level of your destiny when God is calling you higher. 1 Peter 4.10 as each of you has received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favour. To be honest with you, if you are walking in your destiny and it's not having a positive impact on the kingdom of God that is 
observable, you possibly need to start to wonder and even pray whether this is what God wants for you. Honest. I, I'm, I, I choke not. Have you got it wrong? Not anyone in here, of course. Listen, it is not fair. It is not fair on the rest of us if you don't walk in your destiny. It's not. It's not fair, Emmanuel, if you don't become in the fullness. It's not fair on me, right? I need to drink from your stream, as it were. Right? I need... There's, if, 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 if you don't do that thing, brother, then... It's not fair on me because I can't enjoy and I can't model. We need, we need to turn to our neighbor and say, I need you to become. Right? I need you to become. We need you to become. Right? We need to turn to each other and encourage each other because each other needs each other. <laughs> right? I want to thank Pastor Rod, right? He's not here. It's a shame he's not here. I want to thank Pastor Rod, right? I want to thank him for ministering in the depths of God's word through love. I am different and better because of it. Right? I want to thank David Powell. He's not here today. But that brother, what he has ministered has changed. It's changed things for me. Major. Okay? Major. I want to thank Des, the encourager. Phineas, we call him. If not for that brother, I don't know. You know? Some things he said to me, only tears can tell you. I want to thank Emmanuel. Emmanuel, brother. Those days, me, you, Jamie, Sal. You know, Mike Powell, listen, Nate, Tina, Sister Abby, I want to thank you all because you've had an impact on shaping my life. This is the truth. And I would be lying if I was not able to say this. Gosha, my God. Yeah? An example of certain things. Mark Cato, where is he? You don't, listen, Karen, listen, you don't know the impact, you know, you don't. Jason, our conversations, brother, you, some things the Lord has said that remain untold to anyone. Let me tell you the impact, Deborah, of your singing. Listen. Look at each other carefully and recognize and appreciate the impact it has had on your life and has shaped your life. You are not an island. You are not an island. Come into agreement with the season you are in so that you will not experience delay. Recognize the kingdom of God for who it is. And know that you must come to your destiny. Achieve it in the fullness. You have to. You have to push. And I know the enemy is trying all kinds of rubbish to deter you. To try and deceive you. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now I'm going to leave it there. But there's, there's, there's much to say. And I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ... There is no greater authority than that that there is in the name of Jesus. And by that authority, I speak over the saints. I command every demon that is from the pit of hell that has been troubling these saints outside of God's will. Leave in Jesus' name. Leave them alone. I speak to the lies. The false doctrine that has plagued your thoughts for too long. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are important in God's kingdom, just like Elijah, just like Elisha, just like David, just like, just like, just like all of those in the Bible that did well. You are just like them. You are no different from them. In fact, you are better still because you are in Christ. Don't think that you are different from Apostle Paul. You are not. I pray that they will come to realize and I will come to realize who we really are in Christ. That we will be formidable and we will walk in our destiny. Come what may. Jesus, please do not return just yet until we have experienced the fullness of our destiny. So you can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And we can receive our reward. Do not underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to bring you into who you are called to be. He will do it if you let him. Let him be Lord in this place. For he comes to glorify the name of Jesus. He is Lord in the church, just like Jesus is Lord over the church. To your glory, Lord. Please, Father, hear our prayers of agreement that we are children of destiny and we will no longer hold back, but we will push forward and upward. Lord, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 